Happy Sabbath. What about if I said to you right now, I do not have a sermon, you can all go home. How will you feel about that? Oh, he's like, I'm ready to get out and leave. <laughs> can you imagine? Free day, everybody go home. What about if I said, I don't have a sermon, but the best sermon that you are going to have is for you right now. Go and visit someone. Everybody's quiet. Yeah, I do have a sermon. All right, let's open our Bibles in Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. And the title for the sermon today, as you know, is, Who's Right? Well, it's a question. Who's right? A question. And some people probably will say, well, I'm right, Pastor. Uh, no, this other person is right. Who is right? Why do I have that title there? Because the situation or the story that we are going to read today is very much linked to what we talked the last time. Uh, it happens around what we talked the last time. So let's go verse uh, chapter 21 and we are going to start reading from verse number 12. In order to understand the, the, uh, uh, the other verses, which start in verse number 23. Verse number 12, chapter 21, Matthew. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling those. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Now, how many times do you picture that thing? How, 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 how many times you stop reading and then you say, Jesus getting angry? Jesus getting, you know, this situation where he is, I mean, I can only just imagine him taking the, 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 his belt and moving tables there and saying things and everybody like, Amazed, everybody afraid, what's going on? But we need to understand what happened at that moment. And at that moment, uh, he was coming into the temple and he find all these people making this, this, you know, this trading to some point we can say. You are coming here to make a sacrifice. You know, I have this beautiful dove. How much is that? I'm going to just talk in dollars. Oh, five dollars. Oh, and how much is the other one? It's a small, I mean, it's just, it's just a smaller one. Oh, that one is also good, but that's also four dollars. How much can you give me for the five dollars? You think you can go lower? They're starting to trade this thing. It was a business situation. It was something that God, through Jesus Christ, didn't approve. He didn't approve. To the point that he reacted. And he said, and he started saying, you are making this temple, this house of prayer, in a what? Den of robbers. Robbers. You know, why is that? Hmm. Let me read again that section. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. All of them who were buying and selling them. You are coming to the temple for a reason. These people were coming to the temple for a reason. And the main point, it wasn't to worship and praise the Lord. It wasn't to bring their life to Jesus Christ. They were coming only to do a transaction. 
those who were coming to church to make a sacrifice without them knowing and probably misunderstanding the idea of what they have to bring to the Lord, they start to making transactions with these people and arguing. Why are you coming to the temple of the Lord is the question. Are you coming to make transactions? And you're probably saying, Pastor, I'm not selling anything, but it's not only about selling or buying. What the Bible and what the story is saying is somebody is giving you something and you're receiving something. And you are both doing something, talking. And you are both dealing with something. What is that something? Maybe you are coming to church to try to sell your new ideas that you found out. How is that? Maybe you're coming to church to sell your old ideas that you think should be that way. Maybe you are coming to church to just sell and try to tell everybody else how everything should be done without focusing your eyes only on Jesus Christ and why you are coming to church. They were coming with the wrong motives and they were making money. What are you making out of all of this is the question. If you are coming to church... If you are coming to this house of prayer, as he's called it, as he called it, the question is, who are you coming to praise and pray? You see, Jesus, when he is telling them, you are making this place a place that is not supposed to be, you know, a place of a, a den of Robert. At the, I mean, before that, he says, my house will be called a house of prayer. And that's very clear why you are coming to church. You are coming to see and talk and meet and spend time with the Lord. Isn't that the purpose? If we are coming to church, we are coming to take time of our lives and spend time with the Lord. I keep reading. The very important thing for us to remember is what Jesus did after that, in that situation. Verse number 14. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. Why are you coming to church? You're not coming to church to bring your ideas. You're not coming to church to deal with other people with your ideas or whatever you want to come to church for. You are coming to pray, and you are coming, and you are going to find people who are lame, people who are sick, people who are sick physically, spiritually, people who need help. And we are being called to be with them, to heal them, to talk to them. You know the difference? You see the difference here? Church is supposed to be a place, supposed to be a place where if you are sick, if you are the worst of the worst, this is your place. If you have committed the worst of the sins, this is your place. If you have done the worst of the worst, if you have, and nobody knows, but you deep inside, you know that you need the Lord, this is your place. That's what church is all about. 
But what happened when these sick people come to these places? These spiritual hospitals. These places that they are supposed to be finding hope. They are supposed to be finding healing. When they find those people who are probably sitting around our church or maybe out there or maybe when they, they, I mean, they meet in the parking lot. What are you doing here? You know, all of this sermon, and we're going to keep moving forward, has to do with authority. So far, you are seeing people who are, I mean, you, you are seeing Jesus Christ who gets, you know, mad. We pull it. We, 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 he, he gets angry. And we said, well, he's right. That's the way it's supposed to be done. You know, you least, I mean, you never expected for Jesus to react like that, didn't you? Let me tell you some, a story. When I was a few years back, well, a few, let's just be positive, a few years back in Monte Morelos, I remember visiting this jail. And the difference about jails there in Mexico uh, or, or somewhere in a little town in Mexico and here, when you want to go to jail here to visit someone, you need to go through all this check. You know, they have to check you out weeks before so they can approve it and then you can go in. Over there, it's not like that. Jail is probably about this size, the size of the church, and the cells are probably uh, as small as from that column all the way here, maybe like that. And you have in that cell about maybe four, five, or six of them sleeping sometimes on the floor. If your family is good with you, they bring some of the good stuff, and you can sleep in a sleeping bag or something like that, or you have your plate. But they have a bunch of them. And when you go visit them, the very uh, 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 interesting thing is that you go there, you just give all your keys, you give everything, they check, you know, what do you have? Nothing. They open the door, and once they open the door, you're there with all of them. All the inmates are just walking in front of you, looking, hey, how are you? And, you know, and I remember going and visiting this old man, and I say old because he was 85, 86 years old. White hair, nice man. And I spent time with him a few weeks, a few days, just talking to him, reading from the Bible. And, you know, he cooked for me even. He, was, he did have this little small stove and with, with a little uh, pot right there, cooking the beans and all of that. Yeah, and then he was talking. Hey, do you want something to eat? Yeah, no problem. It's kind of weird because everything looks dirty there. So you're there with your plate and you okay, thank you. And you're thinking, I'm going to get sick here, maybe after I eat this or what. So I'm eating there. And then I asked the question, so, hey, 85 years old, why are you here? I mean, what, what, what happened to you? Do you rob somebody? Do you, do you went to the store? What happened? He said, I'm here because I killed my wife. You killed your wife? I didn't believe it. It was like, but you're such a nice guy. Look at you. He talks to me like, I mean, he's the nicest guy, old fellow, just talking to me. What happened? Well, I got really angry one day. I found her doing things that she was not supposed to be doing. And I couldn't hold my anger, and I killed her. And that's why I'm here. Wow. For how long are you going to be here? They say I have to stay here the rest of my life. So I think I'm going to die here. You know, 
Sometimes we mix probably the idea of somebody getting angry, thinking that, oh, that's authority. Something that when I get mad, I mean mad, ah, he's right. Oh, I have the right to be mad like Jesus Christ. But he got angry for a good reason. And the reason was, as we were reading, we are missing the point, just like today maybe, of why we are coming to church. The first one, as he said, was to pray. The second, as he said, oh, sorry, as the Bible mentioned, was people are going to be healed here. But then the story keeps, you know, I keep reading. I'm going to keep reading the whole thing because we're only going to get when we get to the second part. Uh, Verse number 15. But when the chief chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. 16. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him, Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained ordained praise? And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany where he spent the night. That's the first part of the whole story. A Jesus who got mad. A Jesus that said my house is a house of prayer. A Jesus, a story that mentions that people who are sick are going to come to that temple and be healed by him. And a Jesus that when he sees these people, he sees these people angry. He just said, you know what? They are praising my name. And he leaves. He leaves and leaves them with that anger. How would you like that? Do you get mad when you get so angry because you think you're right and they leave you hanging? I mean, would you ever do that? I mean, that, 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 that ever happen if you are married between wife and husband that you are so angry and the wife says, oh, I don't care, and she leaves and you're like, why are you leaving me here? What happened after that? It's beautiful. Now let's jump to verse number 23. We talked the last time about 20, uh, the, the fig tree. 23. Jesus entered the temple court. And while he was teaching, the chief priest, again the same people, and the elders of the people, they were different people than the first one before, came to him. By what authority are you doing these things? They asked. And who gave you this authority? By what authority you are doing all of this? And who gave you that authority? The same Bible text, if you read it again, says Jesus entered the temple courts and while he was what? Teaching. If you and I know why Jesus went many times and all the Sabbaths to the synagogue and to the temple and all those places, it was to teach. It was 
to teach others, to heal, to learn, to be part of the group. Here, this passage is giving us essential things that we need to understand why we come to church. We come to church to learn and many times to teach. And you know what? Some of the people who, who, who studied this passage, they said that pray, as he mentioned, Jesus mentioned before, this is my house of prayer, is together with teaching. And the teaching is together with preaching. No difference at all. My question again is, why are you coming to church? Why are you coming to church? Are you coming to church because everything is okay in your life? Are you coming to church to meet someone who is going to give you a new light and some kind of maybe new idea that you have? Are you coming to church to maybe start watching around and start saying, you know what, that brother, the one that looked at me with the goatee right there and the glasses, he's wrong. He doesn't know that much. Why are you coming to church? Why am I coming to church? You see, people, when he was healing them, people came for one reason. They need someone. And that someone was Christ who was representing and showing the love of God. Are you coming for God? Or you're coming just because you keep the Sabbath? I mean, we all know that the Sabbath for us is the truth. Are you coming because of the Sabbath? Why are you coming to church? You see, these teachers of the law, the ones that were supposed to be knowing better, the ones that were supposed to be knowing better and never recognized Jesus Christ as the Messiah, are the ones coming and saying, now, what authority is this that you're coming with? And who gave you that authority? Jesus Christ responds, verse number 24, Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. It's like saying you're asking me two, but really I'm asking you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John the Baptist, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or from man? You know the story. The Bible, I keep reading in mind, they discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe me? Oh, sorry, believe him. But if we say from men, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. Jesus wasn't afraid of answering to these people. He knew whose authority he had. They were afraid, according to this Bible text, 
not only about what they are going to answer and how they're going to say, because Jesus is, has an answer for them, but how people are going to react. How they are going to react to, the, to, to their answer. Who is the one who is in charge of your life and my life? You see, when we preach, when we do something, why do we do it? Think about it. We have people who teach us, we said all the time, the wrong message. They don't have the truth, but they do it against what? With authority. We have people that they go out there even creating new ideas and new theologies and new religions. And people follow them. What? And they see that, they, that these people, they have authority when they talk. They do things because they believe. If you remember, and I hope you do, before Jesus left this planet, do you remember what he said? Matthew 28. Go there and what? Verse number 18, verse 18, chapter 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and in earth has been given to who? To me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of what? Of the age. All authority has been given to who, he said? To me. So now I'm telling you, go and do the job that you are supposed to be doing. My question will be, do we have that authority? Do we believe that we have that authority? But that's not the only thing. If you read Acts, if you go to Acts, and you remember that first chapter of Acts, if you go to Acts, just go with me here. I'm going to be there. Okay, here I am. If you go to Acts chapter 1, verse 7, he also said, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father had sent by his own authority. But you will receive power from the Holy Spirit comes to you as you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he was talking, when he was saying all these things here, he was talking with the only authority that you and I need to have. The same authority that gave him those words to say to his disciples, go and preach. The same authority that he's talking to them and telling them, by that authority, nobody needs to know and try to find out about the time. 
but it's for you to do the work of the Lord. That authority has been given to Jesus, and that authority has been passed to you and me. The question is, do you have it? Do you believe it? Jesus, when we go back to the story, when they were discussing among themselves by whose authority John the Baptist came and baptized people, they were discussing, they they were kind of like worried of what they have to answer. Because if you go back to John, to, to the verse number 25, John's baptis, baptism, uh, where did it come from? Oh, that was a question, sorry. Yeah, John baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or from men? John the Baptist was baptizing by whose authority, you think? He was baptizing by a sim- I mean, for a simple reason. He was declaring that someone was coming behind him, but he was baptizing for what? For your what? Forgiveness of sins. But there's someone else was coming behind. And if you remember, in Acts, also Jesus said, you have been baptized by John, but someone else is coming and is going to pour the power. And that's the Holy Spirit. Authority is not based on what you think. Authority is based on who you follow and who you know. Authority is follow, is, is, is based in how well you know this person. God or Jesus Christ. They are both the same. How well do you know him? When you don't know him very well, you are going to take this story of him being really angry at people and saying he was right. And we have the right to be angry with others. And we have the right to go and talk to them the way they are supposed to be known. I'm mad. I am going in the name of the Lord. You are wrong, sister. You are wrong, brother. You are wrong. You, you, all of you. I am right. When we don't know the person of Christ... Our authority is not God's. It's ours. And we start looking for answers. Who is right? Are you right? Are you right, brother? Are you right? Who, who is right? But only when Christ lives in our hearts, only when he is the one leading our lives, You are going to be doing what the Lord is going to ask you to do. And you are going to be coming to church for the reason that you need to be here. That's the reality, brothers. And I want to tell you the reality. We are all sinners. And we are all, I mean, we are all in the need, in the greatest need of a Savior. We are all in need of being healed, not only physically, spiritually. We have a great need. 
But the question is, why are you here? And again, why are we here? Verse 27. So they answered to Jesus. We don't know. And it wasn't because they didn't know. And that reflects the answer of Jesus when he said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Because you and I, we know, we know what we are doing. We know why we are here. We know why we are acting the way we are, why we are not doing the things that we are supposed to do. We know that. So don't ask me by what authority you come. He's, he's trying to tell, don't ask me. You know exactly what you are answering. You know deep inside what you are thinking, and I know very well that's why I'm telling you. I'm not going to answer you either. You know why I'm here. Jesus Christ came to heal you, forgive all of your sins. Jesus Christ is willing to forgive every one of your sins and give you the power not only to move on in life, but to show others that that king is alive and is coming again. But when we don't act like it, when we don't act, when we don't walk the way that we are supposed to be walking, how people are going to believe us? How people are going to see that we have the truth when we don't do our part? How people are going to see that Jesus Christ is almost around the corner? And they need to repent, not because they are supposed to be afraid, but because they have also a great need, just like you and me, to be forgiven of all our sins. Who's right in the Seventh-day Adventist Church? Who's right in this church? Who's right among your friends or my family? Only one person needs to be right. That's Christ. And it doesn't matter if you are old. It doesn't matter if you have white hair just like me. It doesn't matter if you're losing your hair. It doesn't matter if you, if you are young or you are really young. We all need one person, and that's Christ. And we are forgetting about it. Don't forget that, brothers. Don't forget that. Let me just finish with this. I remember being part of one church. And I remember the pastor preaching every day. And me being in that church every day. Listening to the sermons, to everything. And I remember something. I remember one day the pastor was not preaching. He was a good pastor. He preached really good. People laughed. People, it was good. It was good. Keep you awake. You get the message sometimes. You know, that's good. You know, sometimes pastors not 
every pastor is a preacher. I want to tell you that. You think every pastor is a preacher? Not everyone is a preacher. Some of them are like, oh, wow, no. Some of them are really good. Saying that, I remember one day they invite this brother from another town. It didn't happen here. But still, I don't want to mention the place. It happened at my place of when I was born. And I remember this brother was shorter than me. Probably around, yeah, probably like, like that. I was shorter too, but I think it was like that. Peruvian guy. I mentioned the place. Sure. He was coming from another small town, and he was coming to preach. And I remember being sitting in that church. And I was sitting in that part. That part. And I remember brothers next to me, people who were elders of the church, saying, is he going to preach? They fold the Bible, because we don't have the bulletins, and they say, I'm not going to listen to him. I'm going to go to another church. And that stayed here in my mind. I was a teenager back then, but it stayed here in my mind. And I mention it now because when I read this passage, the purpose, the purpose why you are coming to church, healing, people who need help, healing, people who need to be teached, people who need, you know, you're coming here to pray. I mean, all of those things. It reminds me, these people were not there for the right reason. They were selecting people. I'm going to listen only to this and I'm not going to listen to this guy because he's, first of all, he's short. He's not instructed. He's coming from a small town. I'm going to leave this place. Are we doing that sometimes? Is my question. Do we do that sometimes? Is my question. Do we select people sometimes? Or we really come to church for the right reason? God is eager to spend time with you. And he uses sometimes the person that you least expected. He uses sometimes the person that you don't even like to reach you. And when you leave that person hanging, is leaving God hanging. God wants you to have a relationship with him. And we have to think about that. We have to think about that. So who's right? Are you right? Are you right, Jim? You think so? Are you right, Kurt? Who's right? God is right. Only him. We all learn from him. We, go, we all grow with him. And we are all saved through Jesus Christ that came in the name of the Lord to give us salvation to each one of us. Knowing that, take the authority, take the Holy Spirit, and do your work. 
Let's preach the gospel. Let's work together. And do things why God called us to be born on this planet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today is a Sabbath day. And I want to tell you, Lord, that this church is here because of you. And I want to tell you that sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we make the wrong decisions. Sometimes we misunderstand why we are coming to church. Sometimes we misunderstand why we work. Why we do the things that we are supposed to be doing. And sometimes we don't even do it. Your son is coming soon, O Lord. We all know that. That's our message to everyone else. But until then, give us the light. Give us the power that you promised to be doing the work that we are supposed to be doing, O Lord. There are people who come to church because they need to be healed. Not coming to church to hear our own words, to hear our own wisdom. They come to church because they want to hear you talking to them. We have people who come to church because they have problems at home. They are human beings like us. Help us, O Lord. Help us to be the means, the ways. Help us to be the tools to reach these people. Just the same way Jesus did. Help us to come to the house of prayer to talk to you and nobody else. Help us to come to this house of prayer to learn from you. To be connected with you. But more than that, as we leave this place, help us to go to our own houses, homes, work, schools, with you, not alone, because we need you every day. Forgive all of our sins, O Lord. Bring us down from the places that sometimes we want to be after for everybody else to see. Bring us down so we can know, Lord, that we need you. We can realize that we are sinners and we need you more than ever. Help us, Lord, to realize that we need a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this. Amen.